You're listening to episode 283 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a human connection coach, speaker, and mental health advocate with an insatiable sense of curiosity and adventure, always asking more questions and using the power of stories to teach, learn, and grow. It's about allowing for room to grow, and this podcast focuses on three main pillars, human connection, personal growth, and freedom. We cover topics like relationships and cultivating genuine supportive connections with ourselves and others, speaking your truth, shattering personal barriers, radical self-acceptance, and courageously leaning into your skill sets. Whether it's a solo episode or bringing on highly curated guests with incredible stories, experiences, and expertise to share, we're leaning in and taking the entire idea of growth to the next level, all while still covering the uncomfortable topics that many of us like to avoid. There's always more room to grow. Let's do this. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. Emily here. And today we're going to be talking about a kind of a couple different things all sort of feed into each other around building your circle of influence. And we'll talk about what that actually means. Uh, regulating your own emotions, which is very important to be able to do both as a human and especially as a human in relationship and breaking the stigma around being single. Because there's a whole little whack load of things we need to unpack there. (laughs) So let's start with the circle of influence part because we're going to kind of get into this sort of threaded throughout. I'm going to go into a bit more detail on it later on. But we are most influenced by the people closest to us, whether we like it or not. We adopt their stories, their belief systems, their mindsets. Um, there, there have been studies even about how influenced we are in terms of, uh, how much we weigh the way that we eat, um, the way that we work out and, and treat our bodies. And, and there's so many different things involved with this, um, how much money we make all of this. We've all heard that saying that expression about you become the five people that you spend the most time with. We've all heard that there is research to back that up. So that is legitimate. So that's something that we have to really think about is who we are surrounding ourselves with. And when it comes to romantic partners, this is the person we are keeping closest to our heart. We're showing up the most vulnerably with, we're literally sleeping in the same bed next to them, which is when we are in our most vulnerable state. And sometimes we stay in relationships for the wrong reasons. And maybe it's simply not a right fit anymore. Um, maybe we're staying because we feel like we should. Maybe we're, we're staying hoping that they'll change over long periods of time, even when we're getting evidence to the contrary. We could go on all day about this, right? But the, whether we like it or not, the, the person that we are in a romantic relationship with in particular is one of the people that we are keeping the absolute closest to us, closer than anybody else. And when it comes to, you know, kind of like a side note on this, I feel like it's necessary to say when it comes to deciding whether or not to stay in a relationship or to leave it, I, I'm going to be talking about that more because that's a question I get a lot. Um, so we'll be talking about that a little bit more. I'm, I'm planning an entire episode around that. But one of the things I'll say is that I, I also work closely with people around taking full responsibility for themselves before they decide whether or not to end a relationship. Because that step alone can have massive transformational shifts in the absolute best ways on the relationship. And you need to own all of your own shit and own your role in in the relationship for yourself and for your partner before anything else. 
abuse is not included in in this part of the conversation here by the way that is always excluded out of out of uh, a statement like that but i have an episode coming uh an episode coming up around that as well so we'll get into all these things in more detail but before you decide to end a relationship i will always encourage anyone to treat that investment of of time and care and energy with the respect that it deserves and that often means owning your own shit first and if you do that you might actually notice some really powerful shifts in the relationship in really positive ways you might not too and then maybe it is time to leave the relationship but that's something to consider anyway what if that was side note there sometimes when it comes to one of the many wrong reasons so-called why we stay in relationships is can be closely related to the fear and and kind of the stigma around being signal is single guys i can't talk today (laughs) the fear and stigma around being single it can keep us in shitty relationships because we would rather be lonely in a relationship than to be alone listen to that again we would rather be lonely in a relationship than to be alone And from personal experience, I can tell you that being in a relationship that isn't serving you can actually make you feel far lonelier than simply choosing to be on your own. But sometimes we can stay in relationships for months, years, even decades, because the fear of being single is worse somehow in our minds. And there, of course, there are also many, many other reasons why people stay in relationships, such as money, security, like staying for the kids, uh, which as a child of divorce, I have a lot to say on that one, but we'll, we'll discuss that a different day. Uh, there's all kinds of reasons here. And I was listening to a podcast the other day about relationships and I, I was a bit irritated with the host because they were super rigid in their approach and making very blanket statements about um, leaving relationships and, and what they claimed they would never tolerate. And, and it sort of felt to me like it was coming from a huge place of privilege and, and not a ton of understanding about the many layers of relationships and the shades of gray involved here. There is so much nuance tied up in life in general and especially in relationships. And you never know what somebody else's experience is. But when you uncover some of these layers around why we stay in relationships, uh, potentially longer than we should, sometimes it can ultimately boil down to preferring being in a relationship that has even the illusion of security over the supposed insecurity of being single. And I I wrote an article for Thrive Global uh, a year or two ago about the illusion of security and and certainty and and what I chose to leave behind when I left my nine-year relationship. You can uh, hear more about that on on, uh, episode 117. Um, But the quote from the article that I wrote was, quote, I traded the illusion of safety and certainty for the abyss of the unknown and I wouldn't have it any other way, end quote. And it's no joke. It is scary as fuck. (laughs) It's scary as fuck to leave a relationship, especially one that feels like it has many layers of security built into it. And we have all these questions come up like, okay, you know, what if I never find somebody who understands me again? What if, um, what if there's, there's no one else out there for me? What if I'm alone for the rest of my life? What if I never get married? If that's something that you're interested in, what if I never have children? If that is something that you're interested in, right? There's so many different things that can come up here. And there's a couple episodes that I'm going to reference here as well. Episode 268, all about 
um, how trust, the, sort of your, your relationship with trust and creating a confident relationship with the unknown. That's one to check out. Um, and episode 263 about the value in being alone on purpose, whether single or in a relationship. That episode has exploded. And I was a little bit surprised by that. Actually, one of my clients, I, he and I had, have, had had a conversation about that topic. And he's like, you need to talk about this. You need to do a podcast episode on it. And I kind of put it off for a while and I finally did the podcast episode and people have been loving it. I'm like, okay, I need to listen to my clients more often. So thank you to my sweet client who suggested uh, that I turn that into a podcast episode. Um, so both of those episodes will be uh, referenced in the show notes as well. But when when I was putting this one together, I was, I was thinking about uh, <laughs> a friend of mine. <laughs> who loves to pepper everyone he talks to with all kinds of questions and, and various scenarios. Like these are my people, right? Like curiosity for the win. You, you know how much I talk about curiosity on this podcast and how I think it's a, a really important trait as a human. Um, but he was asking a handful of us over dinner one night if he wanted to know if we found ourselves in a long-term marriage at 75 years old and completely miserable at that age, would we stay or would we leave the marriage? And he, he went around the table and I was the last to respond. And when it was my turn, he, he looked straight at me before I could say anything. And he said, I know you wouldn't stay in a wildly unhappy marriage if you had tried everything to save the relationship. And I'd like to think that he's right. I, I think that he is because I, I can't really see myself staying in that situation. But even, even at that age, but I'm also deeply aware and understanding and compassionate as to the many, many reasons why people do choose to stay because I've been there too on more than one occasion and stayed far longer than maybe was best for me, even though, I mean, I don't regret those choices at all, but when I look back, would it have potentially served me, um, to have not stayed in those relationships as long? Maybe, you know, if I had made different choices, uh, who, who knows? I am still totally fine with, with my choices and I learned and grew so much because of them. But I really do understand why people choose to stay and the wide range of, of reasons why people do cho choose to stay. And if we're talking about, you know, being 75 years old, especially that age factor plays a big role here because then, then we start to think of it, okay, at the very least, I want companionship. But if you're also miserable with the person that you're with, is that worth it? There, there's no right or wrong answer to that question. I'm just posing the question and everyone might have a different answer, especially once they, you know, you would actually uh, potentially be presented with that scenario in real life. But I don't hold either any judgment either way because it's a deeply personal choice and there's a different answer that's the right one for each person. But the thing is, is that it still isn't easy at all. You would think that it would get easier with so-called practice, but this is the hardest kind of practice that there is. And what it does do when you go through these experiences is it builds self-trust, but it doesn't make it hurt any less. It, it doesn't make it easier or less heart shattering when you end a relationship or if you choose to stay in a relationship that maybe doesn't feel good because you can have all kinds of reasons why you stay. It doesn't necessarily make it less painful. It's just a different kind of pain. 
But the part that does change is the innate knowledge that you'll figure it out. No matter how deep you, you sink between the ending of a relationship and learning how to thrive again on the other side, you will figure that out. And that's part of that self-trust factor. Something that I'll sometimes talk to clients about is, is auditing their relationships. Uh, and, and I mean all relationships, like romantic, platonic, work, friends, all of them. And it can be really interesting to, to see how that works out for people. And, and I'll kind of walk them through a process. Um, and, and every client I work with is different. So I don't do this with, with every client if it's not necessary to do so. But sometimes if, um, if I see certain things coming up, I'll talk to them about this. And if they're interested, we'll do kind of um, like a, an, an audit, a relationship audit, relationships audit. And kind of start to see who lights them up, who, who gives them energy and who drains them. Are people adding or detracting from your life? Are they filling you up or are they energizing you and energizing you? Are they maybe deflating your energy and draining you? These are the the types of things that we have to look at. And this is where we have to start to examine our own personal circle of influence. Also, I am clearly hungry because I'm pretty sure you can probably hear my stomach growling on this recording right now. I'm so sorry if you can hear my stomach growling. I'm not sure what the problem is other than the fact that I haven't eaten yet. But uh, I guess I need to get to that after this recording. Okay, that that was my side note. Um, We have to really start to examine our own personal circle of influence. So when I'm talking about circle of influence, think about you being in the center of a circle. Then there's a slightly bigger circle around you that includes uh, probably whoever is, is the very closest to you, likely your partner, uh, if you have a partner and maybe like a, a best friend or two. And then there's another circle outside that. So who's in that, that next circle where they don't get to know every intimate detail about you, but they, they still know a lot. So maybe that's some family members, um, maybe some, some other groups of friends that you aren't quite as close with as maybe your absolute best friends but they're still close to you. And then you just keep going outward from there with bigger and bigger circles. The, the very outer layer of circles of, of the, the circle at the very edge is going to mean like strangers on the street, right? So the strangers on the street aren't, aren't influencing you because you aren't even having an interaction with them. Now, strangers can still influence us in some ways for sure, but I'm talking about people that you maybe have zero interaction with you're, you don't talk to them. Um, there's, there's nothing between you. It's literally just some random person that you maybe don't even look at. They're going to be on the very outside or, or strangers on the internet, right? They are not within your circle of influence or they shouldn't be. <laughs> that, that's also a different conversation for a different day. But everyone else is on the outside edges of those circles. And then you, you work your way inward to the very center. And everyone's circle is going to look a little bit different because everybody has different relationships, um, different levels of comfort with different people, uh, different levels of vulnerability with different humans. And part of what building up a strong circle of influence does is it helps you to have and grow a a full, beautiful life to then invite your partner to be part of, should you decide to get into a relationship. Because when I said that, you know, maybe your partner was at the center, if you don't have a partner, that's okay. It doesn't mean that you're, you're missing 
a piece of the puzzle necessarily. It means that you get to grow and develop your circle of influence in other ways. And, and as you should, even if you are in a relationship currently to grow and expand your own life, your own circle of influence, as well as the circle of influence that you share with your partner. That's, that's going to be really powerful. And it means that you don't always go to that one person, to your partner for everything, whether you are currently in a relationship or you want to be in a relationship, we, we can't put that heavy expectation on that other person. We can't go to them for every single little thing. Sometimes it can be tempting to want to, especially if you're really excited about it and it's, and it's new and fresh and beautiful. And yes, we should, we should be open to accepting influence from our partners. That's actually a really important part of a happy, healthy relationship. The Gottmans have talked about this a lot, about how crucial that is to be able to accept influence and how good that feels because it, it tells us, it, let, let's turn it around. If it's about um, our partner accepting influence from us, doesn't that feel good, right? Because they're acknowledging that they value your opinion and that they, they want to know what your thoughts are on something. Even if they don't necessarily make the decision that we try to influence them towards potentially, just knowing that they took our opinion into consideration is really important. There's something really special and intimate about that. And it shows that they value us too. But building up this strong circle of influence is going to help you to create a, um, a richer life for yourself, whether you're in a relationship or not. And if you are already in a relationship, building out this circle of influence can help to cultivate greater desire with your partner too. Just not going to them for every single little thing, potentially. Esther Perel talks about this a lot in the book, uh, Mating in Captivity, where we expect our partners to be everything to us. And it's too much pressure for any one human to bear. That can end up being the root of resentment, disagreements, boundaries being crossed, uh, feeling trapped, a decrease in sexual desire, honestly, along with a whole host of other issues. It, it's, it's like a heavy weight on us. And when I talk about going to different people for different things, one example of, of this is if I both want and know that I need some tough love, which not everyone appreciates, but I love tough love. <laughs> there are sort of two to three specific people in, in my, my tight, you know, some of my closest, uh, more, more inner circles of influence that I go to. If I'm feeling a bit fragile and I need sort of a, a softer, more nurturing approach in that particular moment, I'll go to my best friend from childhood. And if I have a really tough relational issue that I'm working through or uh, like some deep philosophical questions, I have another particular friend I go to who helps me sort of cut straight through my own bullshit and get to the root of the problem very quickly. <laughs> and it's incredibly helpful. So all of these people are in my inner circle but I go to different people for different things. And yes, I am incredibly fortunate to have an, such an amazing network, but that didn't happen overnight either. And it didn't happen without effort on my part. Like I, I had, um, I had a somewhat lonely childhood as an only child. I got bullied a lot in middle school. I, I didn't have a ton of friends 
And I never felt like I truly really fit in anywhere, which I also think is incredibly common for many people, even those that look like they sort of have it all together and like they fit in so-called from outside perspectives. It, it, it's incredible when you talk to some of those people and you realize that, that they have the same fears and that they, they have a lot of um, the same feelings inside of them that you would never know from the outside looking in. But I kind of bounced around different groups of people in high school and university, um, and I met some great people sometimes, but I, I never really felt a deep sense of belonging other than with uh, my best friend from, from childhood. She and I met um, when we were 12, and her siblings, whom I consider to be my own brother and sisters. <laughs> but it wasn't really until I got into the online space and I, I joined my first business coaching program that I met a whole group of just incredible humans and for the first time ever, I, I felt as though I'd found my people. And it's only continued to expand and grow since then in ways that continue to astonish me. But if you don't feel like you have those types of connections and, and you would like to, like you don't have those types of connections just yet and you would like to, that's okay too. You know, it's, it doesn't mean that you're not going to find them. It just means that you may not have found them yet. I talk to people like that all the time who will tell me, you know, I just hadn't found my people yet. And then I started finding them. And there was a, a really popular episode I did uh, back on episode 144 called How an Awkward Introvert Makes Friends Around the Globe. <laughs> I highly recommend it. There's lots of um, like actual practical tips and tools in there to start to learn to connect with people a little bit more deeply, even if you feel like an awkward introvert, like I often do. <laughs> but I want you to know that it's absolutely possible for you to create these connections and to build out your circle of influence in ways that you, you may not have thought possible before. Just because you feel like you may not have found your people quite yet, doesn't mean you won't. I really, really, truly believe that. I never thought that I would feel as though I fit in anywhere and I wondered what it would even feel like. It, it was incredibly foreign to me. And feeling that way for so long has also made me appreciate those people in my life even more now. And I, I, I love seeing, you know, the, the people that I, I work with starting to create these really beautiful relationships, either going deeper with existing relationships or creating new ones with incredible humans as they start to get to know themselves better at the same time. And all of this is to say, you, you still, though, despite this circle of influence and, and going to certain people for different things, you still need to be able to regulate yourself and your own emotions on your own. And that's a practice, too. Because, you know, not, not because you can't go to others for support. You absolutely can. And, and that connection is a crucial part of thriving as a human and how we grow. But there will also be times when other people aren't available in that particular moment. And at the end of the day, you still have to know and trust that you've got you. My friend Sarah Silverstein and I talk about this on an episode that's coming up um, all about communication. So keep your eyes peeled for that one because that's going to be a really, really great one. And we got into that exact topic. Um, there's also an episode with my friend Sarah Swain about taking tough feedback, which is very important when we're talking about uh, allowing other people to influence us. So that's episode 272. And uh, another episode, episode 138, all about the weight of expectations. 
That's another big one when it comes to this, because the expectations that we place on others and how we expect them to show up for us can be really tricky because if they don't show up the way we, we want them to, if they don't live up to the story that we've created in our heads, then we end up disappointed. And that's also a really heavy weight for the other person to bear too. So all of these will be listed in the show notes as well. um, And also over at roomtogrowpodcast.com. You can check everything out over there. But this is, this is an important conversation to have because there's, we, we have to stop with this stigma that we have around people being single because it, it ends up keeping some people in relationships that aren't serving them and kind of diminishing their magic when they could actually end up growing and expanding that much more if they were out on their own or maybe entering into new relationships. But it's so much harder when we say, when we stay stuck in the old thing, because we're so terrified to be alone. And that's a very human fear. We all have that fear. Sometimes every single one of us has that fear because we are wired for connection. We're wired for connection. So anytime that is threatened in any way, that's going to affect us on a really, really deep level. So this is also why I'm talking about building out your circle of influence here, because it's so important to have these, these strong thriving connections and to be open to creating those strong thriving connections in order to support us no matter what, whether we have a romantic partner or not. And if you do have a romantic partner, that's incredible. And you can make that connection even stronger by building out your circle of influence at the same time. So let me know how this lands for you. Uh, I would love to hear it. So make sure to share the podcast episode um, over on Instagram if you can, or anywhere on social media, wherever you like. If you're on Instagram, that does tend to be where I hang out the most. I'm over at Emily Goff Coach. Uh, so send me a DM. I would love to hear from you and thank you for listening. And you can also shoot me an email uh, if you want to apply to work together one-on-one. Um, I do have a couple spots open at the moment. So let me know. Uh, again, information will be over in the show notes and we can see if we're a good fit. So thank you so much for listening and we'll be back soon. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. It means the absolute world to me and I'm so grateful. For any references in the episode and all show notes, be sure to jump over to roomtogrowpodcast.com. And if this episode touched your heart, it would mean so much if you would take a quick second to hit subscribe, write a review and share on social media or with someone who really needs to hear today's message. It makes such a difference to keep this podcast going so I can continue to bring you amazing content and absolutely incredible guests. Be sure to tag me over on Instagram at Emily Goff Coach so that I can thank you in real time for listening and connect with you. We're back every Tuesday and Thursday with new episodes and I'm looking forward to growing with you. Bye.